Hi, welcome to another episode of Three Little Mamas, a fun and safe space with three friends who candidly share about marriage, momhood, and ministry. Just to give context about the audio, we recorded this episode on Instagram Live, and so you may notice us responding to comments from time to time. In this week's episode, we discuss the various times we felt the imposter syndrome, that feeling that makes us doubt ourselves, our accomplishments, and even cause that fear of being exposed as a fraud, but also how we've navigated these times. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy! Well, how about we get started then? Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here at Three Little Mamas. Um, We're just three moms just having just fun discussion, fun, real, candid discussion together. Thank you so much for tuning in and um, hot mamas. (laughs) Um, Thanks for tuning in and uh, joining us along the ride. Today, actually, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah, so that'll be a fun one. (laughs) Fun maybe emotional a little bit. (laughs) Um, But before we get into it, we thought that we could do a brief, like fun little sharing. Um, And a few weeks ago, we shared with each other some of our favorite heroes. And so we want to share that with you today. So Esther, tell me who is one of your favorite heroes and um, why? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I thought about who um, kind of is a hero or role model for me in this season. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people might not know her. Her name is Havila Cunnington. She is mm-hmm. a author, a speaker, um, a Bible study writer, and she is just an incredible human being. And I just get nice. really encouraged by her because her motto right now is to uncomplicate truth and to activate leaders. And something nice. that I've been really uh, just admiring about her in the season is she actually did a lot of her ministry online like she did it before you know quarantine happened and everything had to go online and so for me that entrepreneurial spirit to kind of show up with whatever she had um you know it it might not have been extravagant or prepared but I, I feel like the Lord graced her to kind of reach a certain audience and I feel like because of that she stewarded her I don't know her bucket well her ministry well like I see uh, quarantine really worked towards and benefited her yeah and uh, then it did kind of like scare her away her and her ministry away like they were ready for it and so yeah I really admire her even her I I really um love her ministry because they they're able to take biblical truth and theology and share how that's like outworked into lifestyle and every day-to-day life and so I think that that's really needed in our in our time of day so i see yeah is she uh yeah. is she a senior pastor of a church no she's not she's submitted under a church oh i see i see yeah no nice yeah but she has her own ministry called truth to table truth um, to table okay yeah <clears throat> nice how about you sarah Who's your yeah girl? i was thinking more of like current season also um because i know we have so many heroes <laughs> so we had to narrow it down to like someone we uh, are drawn to and look up to right now and for me it's chelsea smith oh my gosh you guys see that possum (laughs) wait that was a possum (laughs) i'll just close this window i knew it i knew it (laughs) 
I was like, I, I hear something. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought it was Brian for a second. I was like, like I know there's a creature somewhere. <laughs> but, um, yes, guess appearance possum. But going back to my hero, uh, Chelsea Smith is a uh, wife to, I would say he's like a celebrity pastor, Judah Smith. He, like, pastors Justin Bieber. So he's pretty, I guess, famous. But, um Chelsea Smith, I, I see that she's so comfortable in her own skin, and I'm so drawn mm-hmm. to that. Because in my season nice. right now, I uh, I struggle with feeling comfortable in my own skin, especially Ooh. in a Korean telling um, me. immigrant culture church. I feel like yeah. I have to present myself a certain way, but when I watch her, she's just so um, focused on just loving Jesus, her husband, her kids. And nice. just kind of like um, your hero, Esther, I saw that she's using her social media platform to reach uh, like the next generation, but she's not doing anything fancy. She's just sharing her life. And I see that she's so free. And um, that's why I look up to her so much, her freedom. And um, she's not trying to be anybody else. She's not. So yeah, Chelsea Smith. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I think one of my heroes, my season, well, um, I guess like, one of the seasons that I or the season that I've been in has been just kind of like God breaking me down um like going back to the simple and the hidden um and so but in this in this season especially last year it was really hard for me to be in that space and I just felt I felt really unlovable actually so because of that um I watched a documentary last year that had come out called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it's about Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. And um, it just made me cry. And um, just the love that he embodies. And um, he has such a heart for those that are unseen and um, those that don't look that special on the outside. And he, he speaks really slowly. And um, like, every time I just hear his voice, like, I just, I just get teary-eyed. So... I think these days, um, in my season right now, he really speaks to me. Like he just like he just hits my heart directly, like right there. So yeah, I I love him. He's the man. Yeah. Well, now now that we're talking about seasons and kind of like the stages of life that we're going through right now, um, the first question is, um, what is imposter syndrome? What has imposter syndrome looked like for you? And um, yeah, like how has that felt like for you in general? Um, are you going through it right now? Or is it something that you feel like you've like really processed through, worked through, you know? Yeah, who should we start with? How about you, Sarah? <laughs> hey. um, well, <laughs> this, this actually is very... Uh, near to my heart because I actually think I still struggle with it Um, and definitely uh, last year I saw myself struggling with it a lot and it's in the context of uh, me serving in a Korean immigrant culture church Um, and when Janice asked us when have you felt like a fraud I told my husband I feel like a fraud when I'm at my church Mm. And I started crying because um, it's still like fresh to me because I still serve in this church. And at first I was hesitant to share that I feel like a fraud when I'm at my church uh, because I don't want people to misunderstand. Like 
I don't love my church or I'm ungrateful for or like think badly or of the church or anything like that because uh, it's none of that. It's more like I personally struggle with um, folding to what people want of me and the expectations and the pressures that people have over me. Uh, I'm an Enneagram yeah. 9, so for me, I feel like that makes it more, um, I'm like more successful. How do you say that word? Susceptible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to folding to what people um, want me to be. Yeah, and you like to go with the flow yeah. and yeah, keep to the keep peace. the peace, but yeah. almost to a fault. And so when I came into uh, this church as a children's pastor, uh, interacting with parents of uh, Korean immigrant culture, I constantly felt pressured to. Um, be a pastor that that culture thinks a pastor should be like so like quiet hard working in the sense like a lot of busy work a lot of admin work which are like my weakest weakest qualities in me i'm so so bad at admin i'm I, worse don't no. worry i'm worse <laughs> um, but yeah so things that i felt like the culture um you know respects and says, oh, that is a competent pastor. That is a leader that I feel uh, like I can trust my kids with. I just felt like I had all those pressures. Um, and I think when I kept feeling that expectation, I just subdued, like I went fully, full out committed to just doing what people wanted of me. Um, and being a big Korean church, we're program driven, we do a lot of things out of traditions, and uh, I think that that made me kind of feel like I'm a fraud because I naturally don't like doing programs. I, I just tend to like talk to children like they're adults, and I know if there are people out there who are like educated in child development, you can correct me if I should <laughs> not be speaking to kids that way. But that's how God made me. I, I talk to them very seriously. I remember the struggles and the sins that I had when I was their age, and I speak to mm. them like their sin problem is very real, and their pain is very real. So yeah. I tend to like kind of I repulsed the idea of program for the sake of program so that you know we can be like a, oh everybody wants to come to this church because we have a good children's program I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very like kind of intense like let's just scrap the program and I'm just going to like preach the gospel and mm -hmm. do altar calls or something so when I couldn't do things that I felt uh, that God had naturally wired me to be like and mm -hmm. then I just kept um, just going under the pressure of what the parents wanted of me, mm -hmm. I felt constantly, like, even my body would get a little bit, like, shrink. Like, oh, I'm sorry, if you're not Korean, I would be like, meh, meh, oh, like, It means, like, yes, yes, thank yeah. you. And I just felt so, like, an imposter every time I presented myself in this mm -hmm. uh, Korean respectable, uh, you're quiet, you're hardworking, you do a lot of programs uh, and I kind of started losing myself and I just completely did not know my, my giftings anymore I, I didn't really yeah. remember who I was so yeah that's when I feel still like a fraud yeah. yeah I think that's so relatable because it's not just a ministry it's like it's in the workplace too you know I think there are there may be structures set up or organizations or we're part of something bigger but we don't always get to be 
just ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, how do you find that line, that balance between, yeah, working with that, like, whatever vocation we're in or whatever job we're in or, yeah, ministry, but then also being, um, being yourself too and um, being honest with yourself. Um, yeah, to that place. So, yeah, I think, I think you're speaking to a lot of people's hearts right now and mine too you're reminding me of yeah a lot of um working in the korean church and yeah so yeah well thanks for sharing that sarah yeah honest yeah yeah Yeah. um how about you esther yeah i mean i was thinking about this whole imposter syndrome thing that i'm so uh like a part of like the struggle is real and yeah i was thinking about like where it came from for me and most people. And I realized that, you know, humanity, like humans, like we want to, we have in our minds a version of ourselves that we think is more appealing or yeah. that we strive for. And I don't think that that's necessarily bad, but yeah. you know, it's it, in our minds, if my, you know, my eyes were bigger or if I was skinnier or if I was smarter or there's always a more ideal version of ourselves that we imagine in our minds that we think is more either acceptable to our own selves or I think even from a young age to like what's acceptable to our parents right Mm -hmm. Um, to kind of like our chosen people of what you know they would find as like as something to be prized yeah and I was thinking about like the garden and how you know the enemy I think imposter syndrome starts from the enemy deceiving like good ambition and pursuit like godly pursuit into like twisting that and what I mean by that is like I think you know Adam and Eve were created in the image of God and they were you know perfectly like the Lord and in his image mm-hmm. but Satan presented to Eve a, an image and a version of herself that she dreamt that was actually lower than the one that God had intended but in her mind she thought it was higher does, does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so I think that's what the enemy tries to do he tries to feed to us a version of ourselves or that that we need to pursue but i think when the lord isn't in that it becomes exhausting right like we have to become a version of ourselves that we're not and i think for me imposter syndrome kind of happened where in my mind i think as a believer i had a version of myself that i thought god wanted like yeah and what was that version for you yeah i think it's it comes from it's not bad but i think it comes from a lot of sermons like Mm. applications right like spend an hour praying or read three chapters and although those like detailed applications are important and necessary I think they became kind of like Mishnah like they the extra oral tradition that kind of burdened me to Mm -hmm. think that that version of Esther is what God wanted and that version of Esther is is the is the pastor that she needs to be the wife she needs to be the daughter she needs to be and so I think it's like external expectations that even sound godly that the enemy has distorted or even in my immaturity I've kind Mm -hmm. of accepted in my attempt to become a version of myself that I think God wanted and so every time I like preached and I didn't spend like 20-30 hours studying or researching Uh and that is like again that's the version that kind of seminary puts on us I and I would preach I felt like I was a fraud Or, like, I'm leading prayer meeting, and I didn't have, quote-unquote, enough time to 
pursue the version, which is spend time praying for the prayer meeting. Right. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. And so I felt like a fraud. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so I think that's where for me, I, I thought about like, where did that root of shame and condemnation come from? And I think it's that again, mentally, this version of myself that I think is expected of me that I impose on myself or imposed by other people, or yeah. it was even good. And then the enemy twisted it and yeah. made kind of the yoke burdensome and mm-hmm. too heavy for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it came from. Yeah. And, it was weighty and it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely relatable, especially when it comes to church and like Christianity. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, when when there are expectations and there's like a culture that's being built within the church too. Um, there even even no matter how much we try to break it down, there there is always kind of like that model that we want to be like that yeah yeah like you were saying like and it's not always a bad thing mm-hmm. but like we have to be like really aware of that self-aware of like how oh, much of that yeah. is affecting us um to make us feel like frauds yeah yeah i think for me it's it's discerning is this expectation from jesus yeah or is it from me mm-hmm and if discerning, if it's not from, even if it sounds godly, if it's not from Jesus, even in that season, yeah, I got throw it away, right? But yeah, it just it take it took like fifteen years to figure that out, and <laughs> forty more years to figure it out and to see Jesus face to face. Great. Yeah. Guys, how about you? So good. <sighs> um. I think that last year was particularly really difficult for me as as I was thinking about this question like when when have I really felt like a fraud and last year after having Sydney um it like really like all came out for me because um like after college after like being on missions and then going into ISF it like ISF is known for being like it's like a program where you go deep into like becoming self-aware and self-reflection and meditation and um like integration and and all of that and um like like to be like legit like just straight up honest um I felt like I knew myself really well and I thought I was so confident like I, I after I came out from my three week solitude and like graduating from ISF like um I thought I thought I knew myself, like, you know, and I'm like, I'm ready to help people, <laughs> you know, um, and I, yeah, I just, I was so deceived, I was so prideful, and so deceived, and um, so self-confident, and confidence isn't a bad thing, but for me, I see how much of it was so much in, like, the identity I had wrapped around, um, being able to help people and being able to counsel people and being a spiritual director. Um, I think that, um, like I, I, I loved that. I, I, I knew that I had found exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life, but I was also wrapped around in a lot of pride. Um, and, and putting that, wearing that as like my clothes, like I wore that as like my thickest coat, you know? And so last year when I had Sydney, like I was so broken, like I'm like trying not to cry as I say this, but like I was so broken down, um, like physically broken, psychologically, 
spiritually. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even get myself to read the Bible. Like I couldn't even pray. And I felt like such a fraud. Like, um, like I've been Christian and I've been passionate and I've been doing all this work for myself, but I have a kid and I can't even pray. And I don't even want to go to God. Like, I don't even like God at this point, you know? And so at that point, I just felt like such, I felt like an imposter. I felt like what is coming out of me right now is this, is this the real me, you know? Um, and then God started to show me how much, and then I couldn't, after that, I felt so uncomfortable. Like, just, I, I just started going into an identi- identity crisis because I'm like so broken that I can't even um, like sit with people. I feel like I don't even have wisdom to give to people. I can't counsel people. Not just that, I can't even um, just like be present with someone, you know, like actually listen to what someone is saying and like respond back. I'm like so like all over the place. I couldn't even do that. So I just like spiraled into this like identity crisis and God started to show me how deeply that had like just, I, I had enwrapped myself in that identity and so, um, yeah, that's when I felt like, like such an imposter, recognizing that in myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of crazy how, like, it just kind of reminds me of Apostle Paul. He talks about, it's almost like the, the greater, the more he aged and the deeper he grew in revelation of God's grace, like he grew in deeper revelation of his sinfulness. And I think what's interesting is, you know, we've been walking with Jesus for quite a while now, I, I feel like, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yet, it's like, the older we get, the more the Lord kind of surfaces our deep need for the gospel. Yeah. And yeah, that just shows to me, Janice, that like, the Lord, like, really wants to show his grace and his love on you in that season. But it's it's so hard. It's that weird paradox of like, you got to see the mess to see. Yeah. There, there's like no rain or no rainbow without the rain, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that seems, that sounds kind of, like it must have been really hard, yeah. but. Yeah, it was the worst, I honestly. I freaking hated it. <laughs> like, who likes that? Oh, real talk. Real oh, yeah. talk right there. Yeah, yeah I hated it. Who likes that? It sucks. That's true. It's like, what am I going to get out of this, Lord? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, along those lines, then, um, could you guys describe for me more, like, what does that inner voice say to you? Like, when do you, when you feel like a fraud, like, what are some phrases that, like, makes you feel like a fraud? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or have you heard voices that would be like, yeah, you're not, you're not actually, like, a good Christian, or you're not a good mom? or um you're a terrible wife <laughs> which i feel like every day but you know <laughs> um, sir do you have something that comes to mind right now no not right now but maybe yeah. i'll be reminded <laughs> for sure i have something that comes to mind um i i remember hearing i was i think i was in school it's, it's either undergrad or grad school when mm-hmm someone said that preachers are the biggest hypocrites and and they didn't say that in a very like condescending way but I think it was a professor that said that and I think he was trying to encourage us by saying we preach the whole truth of God's word 
and we give applications and we and we raise up the standard of worldview and value that that we ought to live by like god's law and god's ways right and he said we're telling all these people how to live but yet we are so far away from it yeah and i think yeah i think that you know i think he said that to be a word of encouragement but i think that the enemy yeah definitely uses it for me like how dare you preach on you know period purity when you're struggling to forgive this person or how dare you you know you know teach on these points when you know you didn't you know pray a certain amount and so yeah i think i i yeah that that comes up a ton for me like when i don't feel the anointing of god or or i feel like i had enough time to prepare or i have a certain like a uh, message that I, I believe I'm like really gripped in my heart and with faith that I'm supposed to share. I, yeah. I feel like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, or I just, you, know, you guys know, like when you get into fights with your spouse, like on the way to church, yeah. Lord, and you have to preach about like, love one another. It's like, yo, you know, <laughs> not happening in our household. Right now, but, um, but yeah, I think in those moments, I think the enemy really highlights that. Yeah. But then again, we have to remind ourselves that like our, our, we have to just show up with our best in that season or in that moment and let God's truth still stand here. Yeah. Even if we feel like we're failing to live up to that. Yeah. But yeah, but that, that's been a huge lie or struggle for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me personally, that inner voice, um, like when it rears its head, it just says to me, like, Janice, you're unlovable and um, you have nothing to offer anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes that whenever I hear that voice, it drives me to do more for mm-hmm. other people and like want to um, like be something important mm-hmm. to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's when I feel most like an imposter mm-hmm. when when I feel that I'm unlovable and so that I have to prove that I am lovable. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I do all these things to prove that. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I hear in my head a lot um, from the devil that you're not a leader. And whenever I'm in a place where I'm leading someone, I just feel a little bit, like, guilty or shameful. Like, I have no place to be the one leading people. Mm. But it's, like, a huge... Um, lie of like a core root of growing up always kind of being smaller than people like physically and also maybe even my presence um and once again like being an enneagram nine our um, core fear or we struggle with our presence mattering and so um i think i always felt like i don't have kind of similar to janice i don't have things to bring to the table if i say anything um i'm not like a worthy enough leader to really make an input so whenever i i lead anything it, it's that inner voice of yeah no one wants to follow you because yeah. you're not a leader yeah thank yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm right with you me too yeah always hear that always seeing someone else leading better than us mm-hmm. right sharper than us quicker than us or and then feeling like yeah, I'm never going to get there, or yeah. I'm not that. And what I'm doing as a leader is not enough. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you guys feel that momhood and marriage has impacted 
um, kind of those imposter feelings, that imposter syndrome for you? In good ways and in bad ways. I can share first because I feel like the way I'm going to answer this is kind of unconventional because we're asking like how it affected in a good and bad way, but I don't have like clear answers for that, but I have a story. Um, and for those who just came in, I was sharing that my season um, serving in a in a like a Korean mega church with like a immigrant culture background, uh, I started to just um, kind of act in a way that the culture um, expects of a pastor, and um, it got really hard on me because um, I felt like I was losing my integrity. And if that doesn't make sense, just in case, I want to read a quote that really. Um, helped me to understand why I felt like I was dying but uh, I was reading this book it's emotionally healthy woman nice yeah I was reading this book during the peak of when I felt like an imposter and uh, the author says you violate your integrity when what you believe is no longer what you live you ignore values that you hold dearly a wall exists between what goes on inside of you and what you express to others who you are on stage before others is not who you are off stage when you are by yourself. And when I read that, I felt like it was capturing all the times when uh, like the ministry was asked to do like a childcare program or um, can you do all this admin work? And in this kind of culture, when you're a children's pastor, the children's pastor does everything alone. Like, they're expected yeah. to do all the admin, all the pastoring. In a Korean church. In yes, Korean church. in this kind of Korean church. culture. Uh, you're, just, you're just kind of, like, expected to be so good at admin while spiritually feeding, for me, like 180 kids. So mm. when they kept asking me to do things, I just felt like I'm so afraid of people that I'm like, yes. Of course, yes, yes, yes. And then in the inside, I'm dying because I don't really believe in what they're asking me to mm -hmm. do. But because I'm like this, I will say yes, and then I'll go home, and then I'll be so bitter and angry at my husband because it's mm -hmm. leaking. Because what I couldn't do Yo. in in real life to the person who's asking me of this, I have to now bring it to my husband. <laughs> so that's how it. That's how the imposter syndrome affected my marriage because. Because I was acting kind of like a fraud outside, my <clears throat> life was just everything was leaking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Didn't we? Didn't we say this to each other? Like, mm -hmm. if you ask our husbands, our husbands will tell you that, like, each of us are like the biggest hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian. Brian called yeah. me hypocrite. But it's true because he. We serve in the same church, so he sees me like saying yes to everybody uh, and he knows what I'm like, what I'm truly like. I'm actually, I could be really loud, I could be very um, opinionated, but in the, in the Korean church, I'll be like, I have no opinion. What you say, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and, and although I hate it so much, I will act like I'm so respect respecting you. I will act like I love you so much. I'll act like, oh, I have all this strength. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, because a children pastor in this culture does everything. Like, that's me. I'm, <laughs> that's I'm me. competent in that. But it's so not true. I'm like super not high functioning mm. naturally. And so mm. when people 
ask you to do all these things. I want to say no, but I go to my husband. I'm like, like, no, this, no, that. And he's like asking me to love him and serve him. And I'm like, just you do it yourself because I'm just kind of so stretched out thin. Mm -hmm. So that's how it affected my marriage. Uh, Yeah, but before I go into motherhood, I want to hear about you guys. Um... I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> exactly the same way. I will give everything that I have beyond my actual capacity to ministry, to people, to friends, whoever. And then I come home and I'm I'm like I'm a grinch. And I come home and I'm just like I'm grumpy. I'm not pleasant. And um I'll just like pick a fight with you on or um, yeah, I'll just like blame him. I'll tell him that he's selfish. Like he doesn't take care of me. Like Jiwon, you don't, you don't like see my needs. Like, like why can't you be the way that I am for you? You know. <laughs> Andy's comments. Y'all husbands sound terrible. <laughs> um, and I take it out on Jiwon. Yeah, I think that's definitely been one of like our recurring fights is that um, I give beyond my capacity. I, I don't, I'm really bad at my creating boundaries for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I come home and I expect Chiwon to fill me mm-hmm. um, and take care of my needs. Um, but he can't do that. And he doesn't know me like perfectly in, in every way. Because I want things like sp- specifically. And so, yeah, it just makes it hard on him. So... Yeah, I, I definitely um, I, um, relate to that. How about you, Esther, for marriage? Um, I have a question. What do we mean by fraud? Can we just um, clarify really oh, quick? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, Why imposter syndrome is again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's kind of like evolving now as yeah. we're talking yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, I just want to clarify so I can answer clearly. Yeah, I think I think part of it is what we feel in general but i think the other part of it is also just the false self that we give off um and yeah just kind of to uh to protect the image that we want people to see maybe yeah acting as an imposter Mm -hmm. so there's a there's feeling like an imposter and then acting like an imposter for sure I think for me, it's not necessarily, just to clarify, yeah, for me, it's not, in this season, I had seasons of, of like, outbursts and anger, and it's not necessarily because um, I felt like a fraud, but it, I think it's more because I wasn't functioning in the way that I think is my sweet spot, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that, for me personally, um, it's the Lord submitted me like asked me to to submit and to obey in a function in a role that is stretching my character is stretching my gifts is stretching my skill set and I think it's not that I I felt like a fraud then I felt like I needed to keep up with the version of myself Mm. that I think that someone else wanted yeah that my skill set or my character didn't live up to. And I felt suffocated, Mm. but I do see God's divine sovereign work Mm. 
in him, not trying to bring me up to this level, but he was, he's almost putting pressure on me so that I would grow. Yeah, but, yeah. But it was so, it's so painful. Yeah. And like, just like you guys, I would bring it on, I would put it out on David. Yeah. Like, I would be like, why do I need to do this? You know, like, I suck at this. Like, I'm never going to understand this. But it's funny because things that I hated, like, two, three, four, five months ago to a year, I actually, it's so easy for me now. But during that time of that mm-hmm. pressure process, yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's like, a good reminder. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> David did not come home to a happy, happy house. Let's just say that. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, he came back home to work. Like, <laughs> work, work on my emotions. That's what happened. But yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in a good way, just to just to kind of clear, um, share, like, yeah. I think when I do feel like a fraud, um, sometimes not just a fraud, but when he, when you have to show up as a leader, you mm-hmm. can sometimes feel like a fraud mm-hmm. because you have to show up, mm-hmm. and you might feel like what you have to bring is not enough, but you 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 come with what you mm-hmm. have, yeah. and I think what marriage has helped with me is I may not have come with the 100% version that I have wanted to come with in front of people. But when I come back home to my husband, he knows the version of myself that is like genuinely wanting to love Jesus the best way that I can. And I think that has been like, he, he experiences both and like he experiences the ugly, but he also like, I'm sure I could totally imagine Brian and Chiwa doing the same thing with you guys. They see you guys praying. They see you guys mm-hmm. hearing the voice of God and pouring out into your children. Yeah. And so I think that they get the best of who we are. Yeah. They also get the worst. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, I think it's just us learning to become more like Jesus. But it's yeah. so hard, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. such a good reminder, Esther. I really appreciate that because I forget that often. I just look at, like we talked about last time, how much we suck. You know, I always just think about how much I suck and how terrible I am. But it's it's a good reminder. Yeah. Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, I know, like you're saying, like, I know that I love Jesus. And I know that, like, I have my good and my best and my worst, you know, and our husbands see that. And they, they've seen our best, too, not just our worst. Yeah. How about for momhood? <clears throat> How has momhood kind of, um, yeah, just like impacted in imposter syndrome for you guys? I'm going to just share something very honestly. Yeah. Um, but for me, because I was struggling so much with feeling, um, I'm so glad actually, Esther, you asked a clarifying question uh, about like how you felt like you weren't really living out like the sweet spot of your life, mm. like fully going into maybe the calling that God called you to in your life. Uh, because I felt like that uh, when I conceived Judah, um, actually, sorry, that might be confusing, but because I, I felt like I was doing something that was so far from what I felt like God called me to do in my life. Um, I see. Yeah, I just felt so... I, like Esther, like suffocated, and I, I really felt like I lost my integrity. Uh, that's why I, I can't say it any better than this woman who wrote the book. So I felt like I should read it, um, but I, I just constantly felt like I was not living in the way that God made me to be, and uh, it was, 
it was really stripping like the joy out of my life and I felt depressed that one time I think at the peak of when I felt like I can't live like this anymore with the pressures of the people um, in my church uh, kind of expecting a pastor to be a certain way I got home I was washing my hands I looked at myself in the mirror and I started crying and I said to God God I can't do this anymore just give me a baby (laughs) who prays that right so I remember um, wow I prayed that like you know just like a painful part of just me being real to my to my Lord (laughs) and then he heard it and I Mm. conceived not too later after although uh, Brian and I we were uh, we were planning we're like let's try it but it was in a place where wow. I felt like I was in such a place where I needed God to rescue me because I couldn't live being like a fraud to like how God made me I just felt so opposite from who he called me to be and wow. so when I said that he heard and he delivered I guess but um wow yeah that that's where I feel like momhood has really um yeah really helped me to kind of it was like it was like a gift like he is a gift Judah is a gift from God but it was so personal like in the middle of when I felt Mm. like I couldn't breathe uh with just feeling so not like myself uh he gave me this joy of you get to be yourself again (laughs) wow so yeah that's beautiful sarah i'm so moved by that thank you guys (laughs) for listening yeah 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 i i think as i listen to sarah i i feel like god has blessed me in the opposite way because for you you felt like you were like an imposter and you felt like you were what is it? Sorry, you were going husband. to name Judah Runaway Huang. <laughs> yeah, I'll mention why he's Judah Emmanuel Huang later. <laughs> um, yeah, but for me, I didn't even know that I was acting so deeply out of like this false identity and false self that in God's grace, he sent me Sydney to break me down and just really be such a clear mirror for me. Um, and so the bad was that it broke me down, like to my worst, like to the point where I couldn't, I felt uncomfortable even having a conversation with like a friend, like to the point where I withdrew from my best friends to the point where like, I didn't even know who I was anymore. And to the point where like, I was angry at God and I just didn't want to pray. I didn't want to like sit with him. Um, cause I didn't know how to sit before him if I wasn't the way that I was before, um, like, I just kept questioning, like, who am I? Like, how do I, um, how do I come to God when I don't know who I am, you know? But the good was that all of that was being, because all of that was being broken down, slowly but surely, um, God started to show me who I was, and I didn't need any of that. I don't need any of that. And he started inviting me into a season of the hidden, the, sorry, I'm like stuttering, (laughs) a season of the hidden. Mm. Um, I read, I was fighting it and I hated it so much. And then I read um, in Luke 5, the, the passage where Jesus heals the leper. And then he tells the leper, don't tell anyone, just go to the priest and pray. But then... Like, the leper tells everyone. Everyone knows about Jesus. They all want to meet Jesus. But instead of 
basking in that and wanting to be seen by people, it specifically said, but Jesus slipped away and he spent time with God. And right as I read that, I just felt the Holy Spirit inviting me into this season of the hidden, of slipping away, spending time with him, and um, just finding myself in him and nothing else and not anything what other people see or anything. So uh, with because of that, I that's when I like, I got rid of all of my personal social media accounts and stuff. And I just needed to, I, I was just off the grid um, for a while, for almost a year, um, until now, um, basically. And um, it's been so good for me. It's been so good for my spirit and my soul. And um, yeah, I'm, I feel much more comfortable in my skin. Um, and I don't feel like I'm projecting um, I don't know, maybe I am, maybe I still am, and you guys can totally call me out on it, and that'll be good, I, I appreciate it, um, and it's, it's to the point now where, like, if I feel someone else kind of, you know, like, projecting, or I'm like, yo, like, relax, like, let's just, let's just be ourselves, like, it's exhausting, it's tiring, you know, like, can we just sit with each other, and, um, just, like, be messy with each other, you know, so I think that's been the good that's come out of, um, this season. Yeah. So good. They, yeah. Janice is our uh, our ancient uh, was Jedi. Uh, <laughs> she she likes to get away and be by herself. <laughs> oh, that would kill me. You know, Lord, no. You know, like, I'm like the type of person that skips. Like Jesus went away early in the morning. I'm like, okay, next verse. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, you guys like motherhood saved me. Like what I wow. what I mean by that is like motherhood. There's no it. Like I don't have time to like eat myself up mm. and be obsessive over myself. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I remember specifically, I was like, I think I was like eight months pregnant, and I had to preach, and. I felt like I had a message, but I wanted more time on it. I wanted to work on it more. And the day came and it happened. I was like, I don't want to do this. I want a ghost. I want to, I want to like, did I get in the car accident? I just, I got to deliver this baby. Like, you know, you just have a ton of thoughts, you know? And, um, and I remember thinking like, you know, she's in my tummy and I just had to say like, I, I said to myself in Korean, oh. you know, like, I don't want to wow. be, I don't want to be ashamed in wow. front of my daughter. Hmm. And I remember just going up there and just preaching my heart out. And Wow. Mama's heart right and there. That, and that, yeah. And I think I'm really That's thankful amazing. because I think, um, I was talking to Andrea in the beginning of like motherhood and I asked her, I was like, how do you spend time with God? Like, hmm. Yeah. I don't have time for like Instagram coffee and Bible like <laughs> like just you just don't have like go in the closet pray for hours and you know I, I asked her and she said that she learned how to minister or how to overflow out of who she is not out of what she's prepared yeah yeah and for sure that That's was so, so good for me yeah that my walks with the Lord, although it's like, what, like 10 minutes every morning or like 30 minutes every morning, I just like walk. I'm not yeah. even like reading the Bible or like, yeah. there's a, a different time for that. But what motherhood has helped me to do is I just don't have the same 
amount of time to prepare. And that can almost be to a fault, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we need to prepare, and we need to study God's Word, and we need to But you learn to show up as who you are. Yeah. Like, trusting your history with God and trusting the years of my the library of my soul that it's enough yeah and to know that the holy spirit in you what the holy spirit in you yeah like i don't i don't have 20 30 hours to prepare a message anymore but i have to trust that like what like the seven hours that i have that god in his that he's not bound by human earthly time yeah that he can explain expand that seven hours yeah. to count as 30 hours, yeah. 30 hours. Yeah. and to trust that who I am and what I can bring in my intimacy with the Lord after my studies is enough. Yeah, and for so, sure. Like motherhood has saved my life. Wow. Like, it's released me from being obsessed with myself and my mm-hmm. fears and my insecurity. Yeah, yeah and gotta, exactly. And honestly, I got to leave a legacy for my children. Like, Amen. they're not going to learn to love Jesus by what I tell them. They're going to learn to know, like, I, I actually told, sorry, I'm going for a long time, but I'm just passionate about this, but I told feel it the other day, I was like, Kinsley's going to love the Lord. Amen. She's going to be on fire for God. And yeah. he's like, oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> That's and I was like, yeah, she is, not because I tell her to, but because she's going to, I'm going to do my best to live before living and loving God, that I hope that she is not going to be able to deny his presence mm-hmm. like his mm-hmm. goodness yeah. and that's going to be her reality mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and you know I, I guess he just was like okay you know there she goes you know? but, <laughs> um, but yeah I just I, I said that in faith um, yeah. and if I yeah so motherhood saved me for me Dang. like yeah. from my self obsession yeah. um, so I'm really mad I'm really thankful yeah wow yeah, I feel what you're saying so much, Esther. Yeah. Like, it's so truth, and you're putting language to exactly yeah. how I've felt too. Um, I feel exactly the same way now. Like, when I give spiritual direction, um, like, before, it was, like, the same. Like, I would prepare. Like, I, it's, like, it's honestly, it's all about me. Like, what I can do. But now, I sit there, like, I just, I just sit before God, and I'm like, God, it has to be you. Like, it has to be you. Please, Lord, it has to be you. And so I just sit yes. there and I just keep, I just keep saying, God, like, God speak, God speak. Um, it, yeah, that, it shifted, like, mm-hmm. because I understand so much. I, it can't be me. Like, I, I actually yeah. don't have much to offer. Yeah. I, Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all three of us, I think it caused us to embrace ourselves, like, just who we are as we are. And also, I think just while I'm listening to you guys, it's become more like being aware of God's presence, like even more in the little daily mundane things. Like for me, yeah. as I'm listening to you guys, like loving Judah is loving Jesus. Yeah. Like before it used to be, I sit in a room for two hours or something. But for me now, it's I, I worship him by like giving him the best love, giving him my presence so, like, you saying that about Kinsley, I believe it. Like, yeah. she's going to love God so much. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. I love that. I just want to add to Janice what you said. Um, like, I think, you know, before, we can almost, we have time to package ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, even the energy to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, for me, 
I really live off a lot of my giftings. Mm-mm. You know, my gifting to craft a message or gifting to <laughs> go up a certain way. Yeah. But now you have to trust in his anointing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because I love Christine K. Shout out to like my, um, my spiritual mom that doesn't know I exist. <laughs> she talks about gifting kid draw crowd. But the anointing is what breaks the yoke. Like the anointing of God, the presence of God is what really transforms lives. I think I could really say at the end of the day, all three of us, like, Sarah, I know what you believe. Like your your children, your students, like they're gonna become missionaries. Like you you talk to them like they're gonna become future moms and dads. Wow. We're gonna disciple their kids. Yeah. And they're gonna disciple their kids. Like I just I just don't know how you think that way. But (laughs) on your life, but like yeah. I think, like, trusting in the presence of God and the yeah, anointing of God, so the pre- yeah, it's just, I think, I think it's, it's grown for us yeah, yeah, in that yeah. awareness, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Dang, Esther's speaking life into us right now. I'm encouraged. Yeah, me too. I'm encouraged too. Long way coming. Long way coming. Well, then, speaking of feeling encouraged, I think our last question of the day will be, um, what has encouraged you um, whenever we have felt like frauds or what has encouraged you to work through that season? You know, um, who has encouraged you or what truth or, um, yeah, anything for you guys? Sarah? Sure. Um well, um, for me, I think Esther, you mentioned it briefly before. Another question. <laughs> please say husband. I, I was please going say to, husband. I, I, I really was. <laughs> but um, my husband, he actually, I feel like in on earth, might be the only one that truly, really knows me. Um, mm. How God has made me. Like, he sees I'm, like, ridiculously weird. <laughs> uh, I don't get to show that in, you know, in church settings, in the context that I'm in so when he sees me struggling and me acting mousy in front of um you know like Korean immigrant elderly people um I think like you know his his heart's like oh but I know you I know that mm-hmm. uh, I want the freedom in Christ for you yeah and so I think just having my husband believe and know who I am um has really encouraged me to and he 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 points out my bull crap all the time. So they keep I keep it real. Yeah, just having him speak in a loving, believing in me, who I really, uh, you know, I hope to be one day in the Lord. <laughs> I think just having his, um, yeah, his encouragement and friends, good friends who constantly like say like, you crazy. <laughs> this is who you really are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the book I mentioned earlier, that really mm-hmm. helped me in my season. Nice. Nice. What about you, Esther? What's been an encouragement for you? Yeah, for me, it has been, yeah, my husband, 100%. Like, Jesus, like the Trinity and then husband, right? <laughs> or not, not this way, but that way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's been friends. And, um, you know, to be specific, like, uh, um, you know, for Christ Missions, um, we, we have friends that we were doing ministry together. And I remember specifically, like, preaching at these retreats where like 10 people were preaching at the same time dude it's intimidating like it's incredibly intimidating and it brought out this like competition in me um wanting the person behind like 
before me to like suck so that like <laughs> I'd be safe and sound, you know. But what what I'm so thankful for for friends like like Sarah and Brian in that season for me through Four mm-hmm. Crisis, like or I think Andy was in there and here too was regardless of what message like if the message was like a killer or if it was like a total like spilling blood that's like our like you know internal language but like whether it was really good or whether it was really bad whether it was like really anointed or whether I was like spitting like dust or whatever like um oh we have two minutes left um oh it's okay regardless of how I did they they didn't view me any differently and I I, their friendship and their loyalty and their consistency to love me as Esther, not pastor or preacher, mm. that has been the most life-changing, like, healing to my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Wow. Nice. Um, Janice, how about you? Before we close, a minute and 30 seconds. Um, it's okay. It's okay if we go a little bit over. But um, oh, I, I think we can't go over. Oh, we can't go over. Yeah, we can. Oh, okay. Okay. Quickly, um, an encouragement has been Chiwon for sure. The same, exactly what you guys were saying. I think, I think I mentioned this before, but Chiwon isn't like scared of me, even though I can be crazy, and so I think that's encouraged me to be more of my real self. And and like he's there at the end of the day. He doesn't have a choice. He's married to me, you know, so he can't abandon me. <laughs> my deepest fear is abandonment, and he can't oh, abandon wow. me. He's stuck with me, so. Um, that's like, it's been an encouragement having him by my side. I think another one, um, like it's been hard, especially last year. Now it's gotten a lot better, um, going through that season, but, um, um, reading the word has actually been like the one thing that I could like, that has just kept me alive and kept me stable. Um, and not just like, oh, like. Um, like be perfect as God is perfect like not not like the big ones that we know but the ones that talk about how like um, God um, like in Isaiah it mentioned like God oh, oh sorry sorry, sorry. Um, like he, he he's he sees like my bones like he's the savior of my bones like I feel it like in my suffering like just As you've noticed, we hilariously cut off at the end due to Instagram Live's time limit, but we're learning as we go. Thanks again for coming along for the ride and make sure to check out our Instagram page, Three Little Mamas, for future posts. See you next week.